I hope you're ready. I beat bitches up. I will smash his head and eat it. Big brother, die! Audacity? Too much, too little, nothing's right for you all. Here we go! Hello and welcome back to the Challenge War of the Words podcast. I'm your host, Angel Cake. And thank you so much for choosing my podcast to listen to on this specific day. I have a, a fun segment towards the end of the podcast or for majority of this podcast. But before we get into the big segment that I made, let's talk a little bit about some of the challenge news that's in the challenge realm. We're kind of in the thick of it with the challenge off season. We have the Challenge CBS still filming, still doing its thing. And if you're trying to stay away from the spoilers, then there's nothing really to see there at the moment. Nothing's happening with the Challenge 38. It's pretty quiet on that end of things because the Challenge 38 is going to be, I guess, filming or everybody's going to be departing around late May. So with that being the case, I feel like as we're going forward and progressing through April and heading into May, that's when we're going to be hearing a lot more rumors, a lot more uh, and news surrounding that season. So for the time being, it's all silent on the Challenge 38 end. And then we have the Challenge All-Stars 3 slowly creeping up. Somebody did tweet out to Mark Long asking, when will the Challenge cast photos and everything be revealed? When are we going to get a trailer to challenge All-Stars 3 and Mark Long replied to that person saying soon. I have an inkling that either this Wednesday coming up April 6th or next Wednesday we will be getting the reveal, the cast photos for the Challenge All-Stars 3 and possibly a promo. I don't know if we're going to get a full trailer but Whatever we get, I will be making a video on the cast background info and cast, as well as a shot-for-shot breakdown whenever we get a full trailer. So be on the lookout for those videos when we actually get something about the Challenge All-Stars 3. But because we're not getting all that information just yet, and everything seems to be quiet, it, it just is. there's just not a lot of news going around the Challenge sphere right now. Um, that is except for some engagement and wedding news. So let's talk about first Nicole Z getting engaged. She has a long-term relationship going on and she proposed and her girlfriend said yes. So now they are engaged. So that is going to be very interesting. I just want to say congratulations to Nicole Z for her engagement and I wish them happiness and joy for many, many years, as well as Zach and Jenna finally tied the knot. I think that they've been waiting quite a while to do this. I think in total madness, Zach was going to propose to Jenna before she went on to do the season, but then waited. And so they waited until after Jenna was done with that season. They were hanging out. They had to go through some things. They had to talk through some things, some things that Zach 
saw on Jenna's DMs on Instagram or whatever, and they were able to push past any of their their problems with each other or their their troubles, their hardships, and they were able to stay in love, stay together. They had a child together, and I'm guessing that because of the pandemic, they had to postpone their wedding, as well as there was news that they were going to be doing like an MTV wedding special along with say, Tori and Jordan, uh, Tony and his fiance and baby mama, and some other challenge alum, but because of Tori and Jordan's uh, split and everything that was going on in the world, they kind of had to put everything on pause. And instead of doing the wedding specials, I, it sounds like MTV just canceled that whole thing, that whole endeavor. So finally, after everything has settled down, they were able to reach a date. And this past weekend, it happened. They had a reception, they had a wedding, and from some of the social media posts from their wedding, we can see that there was a good amount of challenge friends and family there. We have uh, Jordan, Nani, Casey, Laurel, Nicole Z, Marie, Brianna, who was her partner, uh, cousin in Bloodline, Brittany, the, um, yeah, Brittany, you know Brittany, and Derek were all there in attendance to their wedding. Nani was actually a bridesmaid, and you can see pictures of Nani, like, walking down the aisle. One of the funnier TikToks and uh, moments from their joyous occasion <laughs> we can see is that, so when, during the, 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 the reception after the wedding, there's points where they do, like, games and, and traditions, and one of the traditions is when the bride throws the bouquet behind and somebody has to catch it. So Jenna at one point throws the bouquet and Nani jumps for it, hits it out of the air and it goes forward. Casey runs to try to get the bouquet to give to Nani. And then when she picks it up and then turns around, Casey runs right into Jenna and Jenna just falls down to the ground. You almost think like they're not at a wedding they're not on a dance floor. They're in the middle of an elimination is the way what it looks like uh, from Casey's point of view. But she lets Jenna have it on accident. It's an accident. Uh, but Jenna falls right on her behind on the dance floor. Uh, but she is fine. She was laughing throughout the whole thing. But it is a very funny, very funny moment. I highly recommend everybody who wants to go see that. Just go check out your local T accounts on the challenge Instagram. I'm sure it's everywhere and anywhere. I knew it was floating around TikTok as well. But um, I do have to say that despite Jenna and Zach not being my favorite challenge couple um, whatsoever, I do want to say congratulations to them for getting married, for making it through this roller coaster of a relationship. And they seem to have found love with each other. They do have a child with each other. So they're, no matter what, whether they stay married forever or get separated or anything like that, they are with each other for forever. They're tied with each other. And I do wish that they find happiness throughout their whole lives and that they will have a long and prosperous marriage with each other and I'm just happy that we didn't have to witness this. <laughs> like, it would be more content to, like, cover, but I'm really happy that this whole wedding specials did not pan out. I did. I, I liked the cliff note version that I got through social media throughout this weekend and just seeing some of the pictures, seeing the 
a little bit of the ceremonies and receptions. I did not need to see like a two two hour part series on um, them trying to get their wedding together and then actually getting married. I, w I didn't really need to see that at all. But that is it for what's happening around the challenge, uh, the challenge realm. I will say that I think that this is the calm before the storm. The past couple of weeks have been rather quiet on the challenge side of things. But like I mentioned, All-Stars 3 is going to get announced and released very soon because May 11th, I think they like to do like a month to three weeks. They like to drop all the cast photos and then little by little as we're starting to get closer and closer to the startup of the season, they'll drop the trailers, they'll drop the promos, they'll drop some content that they put on MTV's Challenge YouTube channel. So... We're going to see a little bit more dropping in the few in the coming weeks and then the Challenge CBS will be wrapping up soon and that'll be starting up a, probably either it's going to overlap with the Challenge All-Stars at certain points or it's going to be happening soon after Challenge All-Stars wraps up because it all the stuff says that the Challenge CBS is going to be produced out in the summer. And also in thinking of like what's going on with the other spin-off series for the challenge coming up like is is the challenge uk australia and argentina filming at this point i haven't heard anything i've been keeping my ears and eyes peeled for any and all information on these other spin-offs yet i haven't heard anything about casting i haven't heard anything about filming i'm wondering when they will release will they be releasing at the same time did they film already have they not filmed yet? Are they still getting into the preemptive, like, trying to put the cast together? What is going on with those other spinoffs? I'm going to be doing a lot more poking around, but I haven't heard anything. And I've been keeping my eyes peeled for any and all information. So when I hear anything about anything, I will make sure to make a podcast episode and videos on anything and everything I here but for right now i haven't heard anything but those seasons are going to be coming out this year as well so it's kind of like again we're we're in the silence before the major storm and we're going to be getting hit with all stars three then we're going to be hit with the challenge cbs which also could come with the challenge uk australia and argentina and or argentina or they're going to stagger all those seasons as we're leading up to the war of the world's tournament but also in late May, that's when the contestants for the Challenge 38 will be settled. They'll be departing to their location of filming. We're going to have a lot more information and content challenge-wise uh, from, I want to say, mid to late April to the rest of the year. Because that's when everything is just going to just start dropping. So that's going to be very exciting. So enjoy this time to kind of just like chill and relax from anything challenge related because it's coming in full force very, very soon. But the one thing that comes with not having a lot of challenge news is not having a lot of content to podcast about or to gossip about. So with that being the case, I've had to get pretty creative on what I make podcasts about. And so this week's segment that I created is a little bit different than what I normally make videos or content about. It's something that has been in my brain for a while, and it's why is Inferno 3 Season 14 not available to stream or buy 
in any capacity on any service, video streaming service, or anything like that. iTunes, Amazon Prime, Paramount Plus. Why can't we watch Inferno 3? So I took it upon myself to scour the internet to find the Inferno 3 season, watch it, and I've come up with a few theories on why I think Inferno 3 is not available and will never be available because I think Inferno 3 is the one challenge season that MTV wants you to forget ever happened. So the rest of this podcast is that segment that I made featuring clips, featuring sound bites on Inferno 3, giving my theories on why I think Inferno 3 isn't available and will never be available. I hope you enjoy it. If you would like to watch this segment coming up and see the clips firsthand and how I edit this, you can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash angelcakeentertainment, and just watch that segment on its own. I think I did a pretty good job in putting together the sound bites that you don't really need the visual, but if you're listening to this and, you, and you're thinking, I really would like to see the clips of CT and all the different players, I would love to see this visually, I would suggest going to youtube.com slash angelcakeentertainment and watching that. Uh, I do not have the beginning portion when I talked about the weddings and the engagements. I just wanted to have that segment on its own visually on a different medium, and then I gave extra bonus content and my own thoughts on this podcast. So if you'd like to go check that out, you can. You can just stop this podcast right now and go check it out because the rest of this podcast is essentially that video, uh, just the audio is going to be on this. But if you'd like to listen to the audio and you're out doing something, I hope you enjoy. About 15 years ago, in the spring of 2007, the challenge was embarking on its 14th season, Inferno 3, where 20 competitors put into two teams of 10 each would be fighting to win their portions of $300,000. What they didn't know at the time was that that season, season 14, Inferno 3, would be known as the lost season. And despite the creation of Paramount Plus, and for them to have the widest collection of the challenge seasons to date, depending on your general location, Inferno 3 is missing in the block that they have of season 10 through 35. Many have posed the question, why is Inferno 3 unavailable to stream or to buy? Many who have asked the question was answered with a simple copyright issue. MTV doesn't have the licensing for the music that they used on the season, and thus the season is unavailable. And if that's the answer, then I guess case closed, right? End of this video. But wait, what if that wasn't the reason or the only reason why Inferno 3 isn't available? I took it upon myself to find and watch all of Inferno 3, and I think after my rewatch, I came up with some reasoning slash theories on why the challenge Inferno 3 isn't just not available to stream, but will never be available to stream or to buy. In this video, I'll be giving multiple reasons why I think Inferno 3 is the season MTV wants you to forget ever happened. Now, a quick disclaimer, everything that I mentioned in this video is purely my speculation onto why Inferno 3 isn't available and will never be available. 
to stream on Paramount Plus, Amazon Prime, or any streaming service. I'm merely working backwards to figure out reasons why it wouldn't be available, and it's all coming from my point of view and my speculations on why, say, production or a head of a network wouldn't want something like Inferno 3 out there. And the answer of copyright issues could very well be the barrier that is holding us back from being able to watch Inferno 3, but the simple answers is not what I'm looking for. I put the simple answers aside and I wanted to use critical thinking in this video to come up with reasons because to me, the simple answer of copyright issues with a studio and a company that has the resources, means, and funds, that a licensing issue shouldn't be that big of a barrier to have to cross. I feel like they could, if they really wanted to, make those go away, get the licensing to make a season available to us, if it was important. All right, with that context and disclaimer out of the way, let's jump into my first theory. On night one, Inferno 3 started off like any other challenge season. The 20 contestants arrive in South Africa, meet up with TJ to be put into teams, get the lowdown on the season, and then head off to the challenge house. Early in the night, we see CT making a toast to commemorate the start of the season. But not long after that scene, we see CT, who for sure had many more drinks throughout the night, was wrestling his teammate Kenny, where he almost chokes him out despite Kenny clearly tapping out. After one of their matches, they are separated, CT gets up, he has a bloody nose, and he is angry with Kenny, saying that Kenny went and took things way too far. Says the guy that almost choked out his own teammate. The scene gets relatively heated, Kenny is taken into the house, CT is held outside, CT we hear in a confessional saying that DM is not on the season, he can play the game however he wants to, how dirty he wants to, and he talks about how frustrated he is in playing the challenge, getting far into seasons, yet leaving with no money. But what was detrimental to him is that he didn't have his eye on the prize on night one, he had his eye on the booze. In the next instance, we see Davis in the bathroom, crying, being consoled by his teammate Johnny Bananas, known back then as simply John. Davis says that when he was walking past CT and Abram, CT stopped Davis to ask if Davis could take a punch. Davis replied yes, not knowing that CT was gonna wind back and let Davis have it square in the face. I think it's important to note that we don't actually see the encounter in question. We are just told via confessionals and kind of like a split scenes that were just like pasted together Frankenstein style. And it gets you into questioning like why? Why didn't we get to see this fight happen or this punch happen? You might be thinking, well maybe they just weren't rolling cameras at the time. This is night one in the middle of everything. If somebody is up, the camera crew is up and they're gonna be filming 24 seven on a night like this in a game like this. So you know that they have the footage. They either didn't wanna show the real footage or the real scene because one, they wanted to do this in a new style and a new format, or two, maybe the actual scene is a little bit more incriminating than what just this hearsay from the confessionals would have it make it out to be. Another interesting point about this scene is that we hear from CT, we hear from Johnny Bananas, we hear from Davis, we hear from Alton and Tyree. We don't ever hear 
from Abram. Now, from the confessionals, Bananas was in a different room with a whole group of people. The four of us, the good guys, we're all hanging out in our room talking strategy, and um, Davis gets up to leave. Comes back about two minutes later and just rushes past us, holding his face, runs in the bathroom. Tyree wasn't in the same room either. So it sounds like the only eyewitness accounts that were in the room when this punch happened was CT, Abram, and Davis. And we never hear from Abram, which is, as I mentioned, interesting. Uh, Davis? Yeah? What's going on, man? You okay? No, he's not, dude. Oh, dude. He's not okay, dude. The next time we see CT is in bed getting talked to by Tyree, Alton, Ace, questioning his actions, as well as saying he needs to be sent home. Davis, and I'm sure a few others, tell production that they don't feel safe with CT in the game if he's hanging out clocking people at will. So CT packs up his stuff in the middle of the night and leaves the season. Now you might look at the scene and say that this is deja vu. That this is something similar that happened in season 17, The Duel 2, where CT and Adam King had that infamous fight, those punches, the I'll smash his head and eat it line. I'll smash his head and eat it. To where both were taken out of the game. If you have Paramount Plus and have watched that season, you know that the challenge has taken out that season where season 17, The Duel 2, starts off in episode two because of that big old fight. And so looking at these two very similar scenes, you might be saying to yourself, this doesn't seem like a reason to take out the whole season out of the mix. If anything, Paramount could do the same thing that they did with season 17. Just take out the first episode because of the fight, start the season off in episode two, and we're good to go. The only thing that's different from the season 14 episode one punch compared to the season 17 punch is the intentions behind it. In season 17, we know that CT is going through a very rough time. His brother was murdered. He comes on to a challenge season where DM and him have split up very recently. So CT is in a very dark place. Him and Adam don't have the best chemistry or connection with each other. CT, with the rumor going around that him and Siobhan hooked up and then seeing his, where some would say his rival from his original real world season was talking to his ex who he still has feelings for, thinking that he is throwing CT under the bus. CT decides to step up and then let him have it. I'm not saying all this to excuse anything that CT does in that fight or to start that fight. Violence is never the answer and everything that happened on the Duel 2 is a travesty. But Inferno 3, season 14, the intent on why CT punched Davis is very foggy. Davis was a rookie on the season. CT is just hanging out. It's night one. Nobody has really crossed each other. So why would CT choose to punch Davis? Now before CT leaves the season, a confessional is shown of him past when the season had already filmed. Production has CT talk about the incident and to clarify, his intent was not to punch Davis because of homophobia. They're just taking it too far because they know they're gonna have a really hard time getting rid of me. It's not malicious, it's not evil. I wasn't picking on a gay kid or anything like that. Like, get over it. I don't think I deserve to go home. Davis, I understand where you're coming from. You got a little boo-boo, like, let it go. 
again, I don't know if that whole incident is enough to censor the whole season where MTV would say, we shouldn't have that season on at all. We'll just take that out and then we'll just put the rest of the season up for streaming. However, they didn't do that. So let's go into my second theory. Now the challenge has evolved over the years from its simple roots of competitors from two separate TV shows having to face against each other in a form of tasks to see who could win the most amount of money to now what it is is trying to be the fifth sport of America or the fifth major sport of America. I don't know how that how that's really working out. But back in the day, it used to be a mixture of doing crazy tasks and eliminations mixed with the social experiment of having to live in the house, play a game, fight, scrap, lie your way to get to the finals and to win the most amount of money. And then maybe do some hookups along the way. Nowadays, there's a lot less on the house drama and the hookup aspect of the show, and everything is put into the competitive side of the show. Now that the challenge is trying to lean more into the competitive side and leave all that hookup and drama out on the wayside, it really puts into perspective when you watch Inferno 3 because this season has a lot more sexual content than prior seasons. Now, one thing that stands out to me in Inferno 3 is Johnny Bananas blow up doll. This doll is featured a ton on the season, whether it's just in the background, whether Bananas is doing body shots off of it, whether he's holding it while somebody is reading the clue from TJ. It is in a lot of this season. Now recently I did a rewatch of the seasons and when watching Inferno 3 back, I was like, is this prevalent in any of the older seasons like maybe this is just kind of like how things went back in the day and I totally kind of just like breezed on through it and passed it when watching some of these seasons so to make sure I didn't miss anything I decided to watch a handful of episodes from season 13 The Duel and season 15 Gauntlet 3 the two seasons that come before and after Inferno 3 and both seasons are widely available on Paramount Plus to see if like this was just normal and I kind of just like didn't catch it or it didn't stand out to me as much as it is standing out to me when watching Inferno 3. And I have to say, I watched like five to six episodes of each The Duel and Gauntlet 3 and there is not one time do I see somebody else having a blow up doll or fake boob props like Kenny has in one of the episodes. Bananas sharing a bathtub with Janelle who doesn't seem very inviting of Bananas. You are invading my privacy. Not yet, but I will be soon. Somebody get him. Or Tanya learning some new dance moves via Anissa one night. I hear more than her ass. Do you feel it? No. Tanya also calling up her husband, seeing if maybe she could uh, hook up with Davis and get a hall pass for him. And one that I thought was very shocking to see is that one time when everybody was reading the clue from TJ, at one point, Ace grabs Jen's hand, pulls it to where he wants her to touch his crotch, and she instantly pulls her hand away, makes a face like, ooh, please, no, gross, and to me, that was just shocking. I don't think I've ever seen that on the challenge. Unless I wasn't looking for it, I've never seen that really happen on the challenge until that moment. 
and it's very prevalent once you see it. One reason why I think this plays a factor into the challenge and why all of this could be a reason why it's not posted readily available on Paramount Plus or any streaming service is that the challenge is really trying to take a stand and censor what they put out there. I mentioned them taking out season 17, episode one. They have a few other seasons that are missing one episode or missing scenes in certain episodes. One of those seasons missing an episode is season 18, The Ruins, episode four, entitled Girls Gone Wild. It has a very suggestive name because that is the name of a pornographic series. And in that episode, we can see bullying happening to Katie and Tanya, and also Tanya hitting Veronica a ton and just slapping the crap out of her. Now you might be looking at that episode and you might think, okay, they took that out because of the fight scene between Tanya and Veronica. And I would almost agree with you, but a couple episodes later, we have the Brad versus Darrell fight where Darrell makes hamburger meat of Brad's face. The episode isn't taken out of the season. The scene isn't taken out of the season. So why did they censor episode four, but not episode eight or nine when Darrell is going up against Brad? I think it has to do with everything from the slap fight, from the bullying, and the suggestive name. With Inferno 3, these episodes weren't an hour long. These episodes were 20 to 21 minutes. And so if you're having to cut out certain objects or things or scenes out of a season or an episode or having to blur so many times when something is shown on the screen, that's gonna be a lot more time, effort, and money. And for a random old season that you may or may not think is that good of a season to have to put so much time and effort in to make it available to a wider audience. That could play a factor in, we don't wanna show this, it'll take too long to have to censor everything or take it out, and I'd rather just not even show the season at all because it's cost effective if we don't show any of it rather than having to cut all around it. Now sexual content isn't like not in any of the other seasons that are available to watch on Paramount Plus, as we have that infamous soap challenge that happens in Rivals 3 that is very suggestive in nature. And it reminds me of the electric chair challenge that's in Inferno 3 when everybody is talking about Kara and the noises she's making when she gets electrocuted. I've never been so turned on by anyone getting electrocuted before. I just feel like it could be overboard. It's not just an episode, it's not just a challenge. It happens in multiple episodes and multiple challenge throughout the season. Now I just mentioned it in the previous point, but I think it's something that has to be brought up here. And that is the bullying that happens in season 14, Inferno 3. And it's a lot, it's a lot, a lot. And majority of the bullying comes from Susie and her friends of Kara and Coley, as they play in multiple episodes of the season, the I Hate Tanya game. Everyone go around and say one reason why they hate Tanya, but keep going till the end. Where the women would take turns saying the phrase, I hate Tanya because, and then give a reasoning why they hate Tanya. Now, this has nothing to do with the game, where they don't say like, I hate Tanya, 
because she put me up for elimination. I hate Tanya because she voted my best friend into the elimination. I hate Tanya because she messed up on the challenge and cost us $10,000. No, 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 no. This was all low blows, petty, really dirty comments against Tanya, whether it's her uh, voice. I hate Tanya because her voice is scratchy. Her appearance. I hate Tanya because she does those lunges and it makes your ass really, really fat. Her, or, or being slut shamed by the women. I hate Tanya because she's a slut. I hate Tanya because every five seconds she's in a new sexual position. This was very, very hurtful stuff. I hate Tanya because the distraction of her of her insanely large saddlebag thigh ass area oh my God. is actually so distracting that I think it's affecting the admissions. And as I mentioned, this wasn't played in just one episode. This was played in multiple episodes and not just from the three of Susie, Coley, and Kara. They play it with multiple other people that jump in on it as well. And this isn't something that you could just like maybe cut out of one episode because there is an arching story rivalry throughout the whole season between Susie and Tanya, where both women are being very toxic to each other. Albeit, Tanya is being reactive to how toxic Susie is to her. Like, Susie comes out of nowhere saying, hey, Tanya, you smell like a stripper, but in a good way. And then she has the balls to say to me, you smell like a stripper, but in a good way, with this eating grin on her face, and I'm like, I want to try to Susie. And Tanya is frustrated, wants to take Susie out, wants to hurt her, calls her a lot of names throughout the season. I'm gonna make her life hell here until she cries, falls apart, and goes home. I've done it before and I'll do it again. And this is going on for the whole season because both women, spoiler alert, make it to the finals of the season. So again, this isn't just one time thing and then Susie leaves or Tanya is eliminated. This is for the whole season. I hate Tanya because she's more evil than Tanya Harding. Wow! Now I just mentioned that it's a lot of Susie doing the bullying to Tanya, but some bullying happens to Susie as well. In one episode, we have Susie walking past the pool. Abe comes out of nowhere and just tackles her hard into the water. Just like the CT and Davis punch, we do not see any of the real footage. Instead, we see Susie crying in the bathroom, drenched after everything that happened. We get two confessionals, one of Abram and one of Susie, giving their accounts of what happened. Susie mentions that she is tired of being bullied, which I find ironic, but she says that she is tired of being hated and being picked on in the house. I'm being bullied, everybody hates me. Abram, of course, doesn't know why Susie is upset and will not apologize. And in fact, at the end of the episode, I guess there was some agreement or some conversation that was had that she said, hey, Abram, do my clothes and everything will be cool. She gives him her wet clothes where Abram then takes them and then throws them right in the toilet, which is another sense of hazing and bullying in there as well. Again, why didn't we get to see any of this footage of Abram tackling Susie into the pool? You know that they were filming this whole scene. They were filming 24 seven, yet again, they decide one time, again, they decide not to show the raw footage or the actual scene in question. They decided to do these patchy 
camera works and scenes and then put it all together with a he said, she said confessionals. They've done it twice and they did it a third time. In episode five, we start out with a house party scene. Everyone seems to be having a good time, drinking some spiked punch and jumping in the pool. As the night gets later, more people go to bed. That is except for the guys of Bananas, Ace, Danny, and Davis. They decide they want to bust into the women's room. The women, I mind you, are all sleeping. They seem to have been asleep for a while now, but the men want to go wake them up anyways. So the men all go up to their room, bust open the door, start to shake the beds violently, singing loudly, hitting the beds with their bunk ladders, and some even jump into the women's bed with them. Susie talks about how Ace jumped into her bed and in a survival mode starts to punch Ace. He falls out of the bed and all the guys run off. The actual scene was not shown. Some of those scenes may have made their way into the final edit, but you can tell that there was a lot of jumbled up scenes and scenes that weren't necessarily from that same night. So why? Why wasn't it put in there? Again, it could be because of the style or the format that they wanted to try for the season, or what was shown was a lot more incriminating than what they're saying happened in the confessionals. And they're trying to possibly hide something from the general audience. For how sketchy it looks and sounds, and from what we know of the past histories of some of the seasons, I have to tend to lean towards the latter. The next morning, Cara, Coley, and Susie are visibly angry and upset by everything that happened in the night prior. They let the guys know that there needs to be barriers that can't be crossed, and what happened the night prior is not acceptable. Bananas and Ace continuously tell them that it was a joke, lighten up. What really put a shiver down my spine was Coley saying, can't believe the most out of this whole episode and experience and situation is Ace. Ace being offended that the women felt threatened. They said how they felt about being woken up, terrorized in the night, being harassed, and then having men jump into a bed that they didn't invite them in, having their personal space violated not knowing what their intentions were and saying that they felt threatened. And Ace takes that and gets offended as if he is the victim now. She lied and said that she felt threatened, like I was gonna do something to her. That really, really hurt. Just that's what hurt my exactly what Cause there was no way in hell I was being threatened. She slapped in the face four times as hard as she could possibly hit me. Now y'all can sit there and tell me whatever all day long, that's not right. That, oh, I did something wrong my intentions, he, he, could, he could say all he wants, that his intentions were one thing. But when somebody else feels a different way than you, what you intentioned for a situation to go, your intentions are out the window. Like, you have to now think about your actions and what somebody else was feeling in that moment. And Ace is just like, I'm offended that they felt threatened. That wasn't me at all. That wasn't what I was going for. So what if that wasn't what you were going for? That's how it came off. They were scared. They were terrorized. They were nervous. The whole episode, Ace is playing the victim. Timmy tries to be the mediator for the good guys, going between Susie 
and Ace trying to get them to speak on what happened the night prior so that they can come to an understanding and apologize to one another. But Ace is not having it. He doesn't want to talk to Susie or about the situation at all. Well, I, I think the best thing to do is for you and Ace to hash it out. I mean, how do you feel about talking with I him? I feel fine about it. I'd be happy to. Would you have a problem just talking about that with Susie one-on-one? I don't know what there's really discuss. What makes my stomach churn is at the very end of this episode, we see Susie and Ace finally having a conversation. But the conversation is so one-sided to the point where Susie is apologizing to Ace about punching him and Ace is never shown once apologizing to Susie for what his part was in the whole situation. I don't know if it's my best quality or my worst quality, but I have the inability to hold a grudge. I know that you're great. It was just a bad situation. It was you guys were drinking and we were trying to sleep. Now that you would never purposely hurt anybody. I've never been hit in my I face know. in my life. Ever. I know that you're a gentle person. Ace is a great guy. I love him very much and I feel really bad. The edit leans so heavy on Susie apologizing. Susie feeling bad because Ace is such a good guy. He wouldn't, he wouldn't purposely want to hurt somebody or threaten anybody. But yet he did. He did do that. And he is not like sitting there having to apologize. Instead, he's making a joke about it, being like, oh yeah, well, I probably should have been punched because my singing isn't very good. You were affected and I'm sorry. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I probably had it coming, I'll be honest with you, because I'm not very good of a singer. And this is only one conversation between two people in a situation that dealt with like eight or nine people. We don't hear from Danny, Bananas, or Davis, we don't see them apologizing to Susie, Kara, or Coley, or anybody else in the room that was affected by this. This was shocking to me to watch, and even if this season was made available to stream, I have no doubt in my mind that this episode would not see the light of day. Now, those are the bulk of my reasons and theories on why Inferno 3 is not and will not be available to stream on Paramount Plus or any other streaming network as long as MTV has their way. And they want you to forget this season ever happened. Now, it may not just be for one of those reasons why Inferno 3 is not available to stream. If it was just one thing out of the many things that I mentioned in this video, I could see them just picking and choosing and taking out one or two episodes and then just letting it go or censoring out certain things in the season. But when you have all of these reasons just building on top of each other over and over and over again, I can tell MTV just goes, let's just not do it. We're gonna have to take out two or three episodes anyways. We're gonna have to cut out or blur some things in four or five episodes. Let's just not show it at all. It's easier on our bank accounts. We still get majority of the challenge seasons up on our streaming service, hopefully, one day, the challenge fandom will just kind of forget that season 14 ever happened. And that's it for this week's episode of The Challenge War of the Words podcast. I'm your host, Angel Cake. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, I really, really appreciate it. I will be back next week with another episode. If you like this episode, give me a rating. Leave me a review on Spotify or iTunes. Give me a five stars. If you didn't like it, then just let it go. Just let it go. Just just maybe try it out 
again next week and hopefully you like next week's podcast <laughs> but thank you so much for uh, listening i really really appreciate it thank you to everyone who supports me over at patreon.com slash vids i really really appreciate your support and your generosity thank you so much for listening through this podcast i really really appreciate it i hope everybody has a great day a great week and i see you all next time peace Take the money and run, teacher. Don't take care. Hope to see you never.